0: After seeing the, the gas buy-down yesterday, I mean, it makes me uh, just so proud to be a, a member of this church that's getting out in the community and is, and is absolutely doing great things, and for the 30 or more people that volunteered in that yesterday, you know, don't think that it was just a little something that you got together and, and done as a church. I mean, I mean, it, it was a big deal, and, and we'll never know the impact that that, that had, uh, this side of glory, but... Just, just the simple fact that people's there smiling, inviting them to church and, and, and offering services and it's just a great thing and, and for this whole series Be the Change uh, the stuff that we're doing the rest of the month it, it's just this church has been put in a position to do great things and I just encourage anybody that's, that's not signed up or, or to be a part of, of one of those projects that, that you'll do that and uh, there's, there's work left to be done this uh this city is not what it should be and it never will be until god's people take over so we have done great things and yesterday was just one of those examples but there are greater things still to be done we've only done this song one time some of you familiar with it it won't take you long to get it but Let's just cry this out to God. I think that right now this is our theme song, Summit's theme song right here. Let's worship God this morning. You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like I. pray with me father god we thank you so much for this worship experience that we have just had dear lord we thank you for your presence in this room this morning what a great feeling to be in your house to be filled with your spirit and to be worshiping you we praise you for what you've done through this church in this city and we thank you for what you're going to do in the future just prepare our hearts and minds for a great message and to get excited and to light a fire inside of us dear lord in jesus name amen
1: Hey, man, that was awesome, was it not? Man, can we give it up one more time for our band? I love those guys. That was awesome. That was awesome. Hey, uh, hey, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open up to Exodus chapter 3 is where we're going to be this morning, Exodus chapter 3. Uh, but before we get there, uh, listen, I, I know Rick talked a little bit about what we did yesterday, um, and I know a, a lot of you couldn't be there, weren't there yesterday. And, and, and so during this, I just want to show you a little bit of what we're doing uh, during Be the Change, how we're out every, every single weekend, every Saturday in the month of May. We're giving as many people who want to take advantage as possible an opportunity to get out, to serve, and be the change in our city. And so yesterday, uh, we did a gas buy-down at the uh, Shell Station, bottom of Hospital Hill, and we bought gas down to the price of 2 dollars And it was great. And so I just want to show you a couple pictures here, just so you guys can see it, just so you know what I'm making. There's a picture of the line Right there, the line of cars going there. Yesterday, let's go to the next one. Look there. Look at those awesome volunteers putting their life on the line, in traffic, holding up signs. That's good. Let's go to the next one. That's that's, all of our volunteers. Listen, yesterday could not have been. Any more smooth an event than what we did yesterday and i'm telling you that it was because of the amazing volunteers that we had We had over 30 volunteers that made yesterday everything that it was and there they are look at them They're but just about to rush and say you need cheap gas and so it's awesome Let's go to one more just so you can see look at there right there And so pumped gas for people washed windshields and gave out hundreds of invites to church. It was a big deal. And so, so I just want to thank uh, some specific people this morning that made yesterday possible. Like I've already said, like Rick's already said this morning, our volunteers, I'm convinced, they are class acts. They are rock stars, and they are awesome. Can we give it up? Because listen, listen, I would put Summit volunteers up against any church's volunteers in the world. I mean, like if there's a church volunteer fight, my money's on us, and we got it. All right, because you guys are awesome, man, making that happen. And listen, we want to thank Tony Brashear and Sean White. They were there directing traffic yesterday, representing the police de- uh, department. And, and I told, I told them, I, sa- I said, listen, if you could taste somebody, that'd be pretty awesome. But we didn't have to. Uh, man, that's to be great, a great picture moment. And, and here's somebody that I want to thank uh, because all of these things, man, it's just so good. We have leaders in our church, people willing to step up and make this happen and Roger Hendon is here today. Roger Hendon orchestrated everything yesterday, made the phone calls, got the gas station, put it all together. And can we just get loud for Roger this morning? He did. I know right now he's like, I can't believe he's doing this to me. But man, Roger, I just, I just appreciate you. I appreciate all of you guys. I, I just love. I love my church. Can I say that? Can I like? You can put it on topics that we're a cult or whatever. I love this church. I would come here if I wasn't the preacher. All right. I just love. This church, I love you guys. Man, I'm just excited about what God is doing here. Now, next Saturday, here's what you need to know. Next Saturday, we are going to join up with the Housing Development Alliance for their yearly event called Repair Affair. That's where they repair 10 homes throughout this community. We had over 40 people sign up for that last week. If you didn't last week, you can this morning as soon as we're done. Neil Bedwell, uh, actually a partner here at Summit, and works for the Housing Alliance. He'll be out there in the lobby with some information. You can sign up, but here's what you need to know. If you want to help out with that next week, be at the Wendy's, the Black Gold Shopping Center, right up here with Wendy's, Burger King, and all that. Be at that Wendy's from 7.30 to 8.30. They're going to have a pancake breakfast, and right there, they're going to give everybody's assignments, and then we'll just take the city, and just begin to repair, and it'll be tremendous. I can't wait to show my handyman skills like no other next week. And so, but if you want to be a part of that, that's what you need to do. Wendy's next Saturday, 7.30 to 8.30, just be there, okay? Pancake breakfast, we'll get the assignment right there. Now, the following weekend is our fan giveaway. We're also doing a reverse yard sale, May the 18th, but, all, but May the 18th and 19th, 19th, did you hear that, 19th? Um, <laughs> um We're giving away 500 fans. We are just over 100 away from 500. Can we do it? Can we do it? I think that we can do it. And so if you haven't donated a fan yet, do it. If you plan on it, would you stop by the next step booth before you leave today? Say, I'm going to bring some fans. Here's how many I'm going to bring. Let's commit to the 100 that we need this morning, okay? Let's just do it. I'm telling you, it's going to be a big deal, all right? So that's everything. Next Saturday, 7.30 to 8.30, Wendy's. It's going to be a great day. Housing uh, housing Development Alliance, Repair Affair. It's going to be a big deal. Exodus 3 where you need to be this morning. So go ahead and open your Bible to Exodus 3. If you're new to the Bible, Exodus is the second book of the Bible, so it's really easy to find. Open it up there, turn it on on your phone, iPad, whatever you're packing this morning. And if you don't have anything, don't sweat it, because in just a moment, the words are going to be up on the screen behind me. And so what we're doing during this series, not only are we going out, we're serving our city, we're being the church, but every week we're talking about four characteristics of a life that changes the world. And so every week in the series, Be the Change, what we're doing here is we'll talk about a different characteristic that you and I need to have if we're going to make a difference in the world. If we're going if, if to be people that God uses to change the world, well, then we need these four characteristics. And so last week we talked about that if we're going to be the change, we need to be sent. And we saw Jesus look at the disciples and say, As the Father has sent me, Even so, I am sending you. And what we said was that Jesus was sent on a mission by God. And Jesus sends us on the same mission that he was sent on. You say, what's that mission? That mission that he sends you on, that he sends me on, is to make the name of Jesus known. It's to declare the hope that we can have the forgiveness and second chance that we can have in Jesus, And so you and I, if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to be the change, we need to be sent. You don't just go to that school. You don't just work at that place. You don't just live in that neighborhood. You were sent to that school. You were sent to that office. You were sent to that neighborhood. And so what we saw last week is that God wants to use your life. How many of you, just by crowd participation, raising your hand this morning, you would say, you know what? I would really like for God to use my life to make a difference. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? You might not even believe in God, but let's just say if there is a God, you'd like for that God to use your life. Raise your hand. Look, all these hands are going up. Say, I would like for God to use my life. That's awesome. But here's the question that's before us this morning. The question is this. Will we be available for how God wants to use our life? Because we've already established last week, God wants to use you. God's not reluctant to use us. God wants to use us. But are we going to be available for what he wants to do? Are you and I going to make ourselves available for everything that God would want to do through your life? Because imagine this moment. We talked about it a little last week. Imagine the moment that you stand before God, because we're all going to. And you stand in front of God, and then all of a sudden God begins to show you things that he would have done through your life. Had you been available? God begins to show you things that he would have done. And because you weren't available, he just went to somebody else and did it who was available. But he's showing you things in that moment. God just lays out everything that he would have done through your life. He lays out everything you would have done through our church had we been available. He lays out everything that he would have done through your family had we just been available. And listen, guys, I don't know about you, but I don't want that to happen to me. Do you? I I just think that most of you here today, you don't want to get before God and all of a sudden find out about all the things God would have done, but you weren't available. And so today, the characteristic that we're talking about, if we're going to be the change, then we need to be available. If we're going to be the change, then you and I, we need to be available. In fact, can we all say that this morning like we're really excited to be at church like Jesus is alive? Let's all say it together. Be available. There we go. There's coffee in the lobby. Did you realize that? Some of you are like, be available. Coffee. It's out there. Just juice it up, all right? Be available. And we're going to see that through the life of a guy named Moses. And so if you know the Bible, you know, you're, you, you know church, you're new to the Bible, you're new to church, however, wherever you're at, you've probably heard of Moses, all right? Moses is, is sort of a big deal when you get to the Bible. And and here's what I want to say before we jump in, because because... I've been in churches long enough to know that when you talk about guys like Moses, David, and all these guys, somebody in the church thinks this, well, that's Moses, I'm me. Well, well, that's David. Of course, God used guys in the Bible that way, but listen, this is me. And so what we do is we kind of put people in the Bible up on a pedestal, you know, like they're LeBron on the varsity, you can barely put your pants on, right? in the morning. You're not even on JV. Like, they're on a different playing field than we're all on. And what I want us to see is these guys are just people like us. Moses struggled with the same stuff that you and I struggle with. If you're here today and you're like, man, I'd love for God to use me, but I've got a past, we're going to see Moses in the land of Midian here in just a moment. And what's happening is Moses is on the run because he just killed a dude in Egypt, okay? Moses just killed a guy. He's running away because he doesn't want to get caught, and God catches Moses. And the question on the table for Moses is the question on the table for us. Are we going to be available? And so hopefully you've got your Bible open. Exodus chapter 3, and we're just going to read the first six verses here to kind of set the stage for God and Moses and where we're going this morning. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro Moses and he said here I am stop right there you just need to get that one you need to underline that you need to highlight that you need to do whatever it takes to get that phrase in your mind here I am Moses says here I am then he God then God said do not come near take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy ground And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So here's Moses, and Moses, this is just another day at the office for Moses, because what we just saw is that Moses is a shepherd. There is nothing glamorous about being a shepherd. Did you know that? I don't know if if maybe shepherd is one of your career goals in life, but listen, there's nothing glamorous or sexy about being a shepherd. The best thing I think about probably being a shepherd in Moses' position is you got to have a stick and if a sheep got out of line, you could beat the sheep. That's probably the best your day got. Like nobody was going to take a picture of it. It wasn't going to get on Facebook. You alone in the woods with a stick and you can pop a sheep if you wanted to. All right. And so Moses is just out doing his shepherding deal. It's an ordinary day at the office and all of a sudden, God's Shows up. And and God is gonna see if Moses is available. And if you and I are gonna be available, there's three things that we've got to see out of this passage that God deals with Moses, and I believe He wants to deal with us about this morning. The first thing that we need to see, if we're gonna be available to God, you and I we need to embrace the ordinary. We need to embrace the ordinary. See, Moses, notice what's going on here in verse 1. Moses is keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. He's not praying. He's not going to a Bible study. He's not going to church. Moses is not a pastor. There is nothing on the surface spiritual about what Moses is doing at all. He's just out leading the sheep. He's out being a shepherd. This is an ordinary day for Moses. And what's extraordinary is that God shows up. But Moses is just a shepherd. There's nothing special about Moses at all. And see, you and I, we need to see that because somewhere along the way, Christians started to believe and churches started to think that God only uses people who have a spiritual kind of job. That, that if God is really going to use your life, then you've got to have a spiritual kind of job. Like, God only uses preachers, I hear a lot of people say. Well, you know what? I'm just not a preacher, Mark. Or, if God really is going to use your life, then you need to be a missionary to, like, Zimbabwe. and So you need to pack up your kids and get in the van and move to Africa. I guess you couldn't get there in a van. But, but pack up your family and move and live in a grass hut, and you're just a missionary. And that's who the people are, that God really... If you want God to really use your life, then you need to maybe go to a town and start a church from scratch. Somewhere we started to think things like this. And if you've got a church background, you've heard people say it. Some people are called to ministry. Some people are not called to ministry so maybe you've got a church background and churches do this all the time johnny gets called to be a preacher of the bible and so they bring johnny up front and the preacher says aren't you excited that johnny is going to be a preacher and everybody's like we're so excited that johnny's going to be a preacher we celebrate johnny go johnny and everybody's fired up that god just called johnny to be a preacher but here's what that says god calls johnny and people to be preachers and really spiritual things but you're just a teacher you're just a little league coach. You're just a fill-in-the-blank. Certain people get a really special calling from God, but the rest of the people are just expected to clock in, clock out, give at church, so that the people who are really called can do what they're supposed to do. But there's a verse in the Bible I love. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It'll be up on the screen. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says this, So whatever you do, so, wh- so whether you eat, or drink, or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Whatever you do, he says. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Whatever you do. So what do you do? Uh, Well, I'm a middle school student. I'm a high school. I'm a college student. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer i'm a ceo i manage a small business i'm a stay-at-home mom i'm retired i work in the mines i work at the bank what do you do well i work at i work at this business i've worked in the same place in the same cubicle in the same chair at the same desk for over 15 years that's what i do listen whatever you do listen to me you got to get this that is just as much a calling from god as the missionary to move to Zimbabwe. Not only does God call preachers to make a difference, God calls teachers to make a difference. God calls secretaries to make a difference. God calls janitors to make a difference. Whatever you do is just as much a calling from God as the preacher, as the missionary, as the guy that we've been told that God really uses instead of the ordinary people. Listen, whatever you do is just as much a calling from God and will likely make more significance than so many of the things that other churches put weight on. I just want to, listen, I want us to be the church that we celebrate when somebody gets called to preach, but we also celebrate when somebody gets called to start a small business in our community. I want us to be the church that celebrates when God calls somebody to pack up their family and move to another country and share the gospel. But I also want to celebrate when God calls somebody to go to med school. I want us to celebrate when God calls somebody to be a lawyer. I want us to celebrate when God calls somebody to wait tables in a restaurant, because it's just as much a of a calling. Moses was a shepherd and God used him. How might God use the ordinary, the mundane in your life to accomplish the purpose that he has for you? It's not that there are some people who are called to ministry and others are not. Ephesians chapter 3 says that we're all called to ministry. Did you know that? It says that all of the saints are called to ministry. I'm called, you're called. It's just that our ministry looks different. Because listen, listen, the best people to reach teenagers is not a youth pastor. Youth pastors might play their part, but listen, the best people to reach teenagers are teenagers. The best people to reach your friends are you. Why? Because God put you there. Out of everybody that God could have put there, he put you there to reach them. And so when we say embrace the ordinary, we don't mean just settle. Don't mean, oh, man, well, this is just where I'm going to work the rest of my life. This is where I'm going to be. I guess it's just what I do. That's not what we mean. When we say embrace the ordinary, what we mean is that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the attitude needs to be, God, I am here, use me. Because whatever you do is just as much a calling from God as any other calling from God. Whatever you do. Now, unless, now it just occurs to me, unless what you do is sinful, all right? So if you're sitting there in the seat and saying, saying, hey, you know what I do? I operate a meth lab out of my basement. Dude, you need to stop it. All right? Don't leave some way, well, whatever I do, man, I'm going to run my meth lab to the glory of God. No! No, 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 no. All right? All right? So if that's you, you're doing something sinful, repent, stop it, get right. But for the rest of us, whatever you do, because here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to do the same thing with us that he did with Moses. I believe that God wants to ignite the ordinary in your life. So that if you and I, if we were to look at our lives through the lens of faith, I think that we'd see burning bushes all around us. I think that we'd see burning bushes all around us where God is calling us to serve, where God is calling us to use us. Now, it might not be a physical burning bush like it was for Moses, all right? So you might not walk into the office tomorrow and look out of the corner of your, eye, of your eye. There's a table that's burning, but it isn't burning. And God says, what are you doing? Right? That might not happen. But I just believe if you look at your life through the lens of faith, there are burning bushes all around you. Maybe your burning bush is that you're at a job where everybody cuts corners. Everybody does things on company time they shouldn't be doing. Everybody cheats the boss. And you're going to be the first one who works at that job and does everything the way that it should be. You're not going to be lazy. You're not going to spend all day using company time on Facebook. You're not going to cut the manager any corners. You're going to do your job. And by doing that, God is calling you and God is going to use you to make a difference. Or, or maybe it's this, maybe you're burning bush, because let's, let's do this one. Maybe you're burning bush, I mean, let's be honest. Maybe you're at a job that really doesn't get you fired up, all right? Maybe you're at a job that really doesn't get you that excited. It really doesn't get you out of bed, fired up. And if you're honest, you hate that job as much as everybody else does. But maybe your burning bush, maybe the burning bush that God is calling you to, is you don't put on Facebook how much you hate your job. Maybe you don't put on Facebook and Twitter and walk around and complain all the time because, listen, somebody in here has a job that you're complaining about that somebody else would consider a blessing. What if you walked into your office tomorrow and you just looked at your boss, your manager, and you said, you know what? I'm thankful for this job and I'm thankful for you. Some of you, your manager would have a heart attack and you get a promotion. Don't do that, all right? Don't try that, but maybe that's... You're burning bush. Maybe your burning bush is a teenager that you continue to love and to pour into and all they do is rebel. And God is calling you to love them anyway. Maybe you're burning bush is that student at your school that sits alone at lunch every single day and God is calling you to lay your popularity down at the foot of the cross and embrace His life of service, and he's calling you to go sit with them at lunch. Other people will make fun of you just like they're making fun of them, but God is calling you. I want to use you to transform this person's life. I believe that if we look at our lives through the lens of faith, we'll see that God has burning bushes all over us. But here's what a lot of Christians say. A lot of Christians say things like this. They'll say, well, you know what? I believe that God's got greater things for me. I believe that God just has bigger things me i believe that god's got greater things for me what if you're in the midst of the greater thing right now but you can't see it because you're complaining about it so many christians have burning bush envy have you ever experienced this so many christians have burning bush envy i wish i had that kind of family i wish my spouse was as hot as yours I wish my kids were as obedient as yours. I wish God would use me like that. I wish I was like Billy Graham. I used to struggle with this all the time. I would look at guys, either friends that I know or people that I follow from afar, and maybe they're in some kind of different environment or whatever, this years ago, and I would say, God, why can't I go to a place like that? God, why can't I be used like that? But you know what God is trying to teach me? God is trying to teach Mark Combs, Mark, you need to learn how to play your part. Mark, you've got a part in the body of Christ that nobody else could play. So you don't need to worry about somebody else's part. You need to worry about your own part. And listen, that's just as true for you. You've got a part in the body of Christ that only you can play. So you don't need to worry about what other people are doing. God just simply wants you to play your part. And maybe God does have greater things in store for you. Maybe he does have a bigger platform and greater influence. But right now, God wants to see if you can be faithful in a few small things before the greater things come. Embrace the ordinary. Embrace the ordinary. Next thing we need to see if we're going to be available to God, we need to drop excuses. We need to drop excuses. The excuses. I love that, God, that Moses comes to God and he says this in verse 11. He said, who am I that I should go to Egypt and set the children of Israel free? God calls Moses to go into Egypt. Israel are slaves there. And God calls him, go in there and I'm going to use you to set them free. And Moses says, God, who am I that I would even do that? And then what happens in Exodus chapter 4 is Moses begins to give excuse after excuse for why God has picked the wrong dude. So Moses says to God, God, listen, if I go in there, they're not even going to believe I can do this. And so God says, hey, the staff in your hand, throw it down. It'll become, a sta- it'll, it'll become a snake. Stick your hand in your cloak. When you pull it out, it's got leprosy. Put it back in. It's healed. What's up? That'd be a neat trick, wouldn't it? God says, I'm giving you signs. I'm going to take that excuse away. Then Moses says, this, oh man, I, I can't talk much. I can't talk good. I stutter all the time. That's all, folks. I'm not a good communicator, God. And God says, I made your mouth. Stop telling me that what I did with you is wrong. I made your mouth. And so Mo- God takes that excuse off the table and then Mo- Moses finally gives the excuse that's been there the whole time. He says this, "God, I just don't want to do it. Can you pick somebody else?" I wonder what excuse you're giving to God for why God can't use you to do what he's calling you to do. What excuse are you giving? Some of you are saying this, "I'm too old." Mark, I'm too old. You know what? Years ago, I had a lot of energy. Years ago, I could do this. But you know what, Mark? Now, I'm just too old. And listen, if you are using the too old excuse, you need to read the Bible. Because God calls people older than anybody in this room to do things we would think nobody at that age should be pulling off. Case in point, God comes to a man in his 90s, possibly even some scholars say over 100 years old, named Abraham. And he comes to Abraham, 90, maybe even over 100 years old, and he says, Abraham, you and your wife Sarah are going to have a baby. Senior adults, what if God said that to you today? Huh? Say, I'm too old. God comes to a man that is far too old, you think, to pull that off. And God comes to Abraham and he says, Hey, Abraham, won't you go home today and put on some Marvin Gaye? And uh, why don't, you, why don't you do a little something romantic for your lady? Because I'm about to blow your mind. I'm too old. You need to read the Bible. Or you're this. I'm too young. You should read the Bible. David, when he defeated Goliath, he was a teenager. God always uses teenagers in the Bible to change the world. I'm too young. God takes that excuse off the table. I don't know the Bible well enough. I don't have that much education. You don't know my family background. Listen, we will never be available to God as long as we give him reasons why we can't be. Nobody ever made a difference for Jesus who constantly gave excuses for why their life couldn't make a difference. And so what God says is, drop your excuses. All excuses that you have for why I can't use you, I am taking off the table. I just want you to be available. And the last thing, number three, if we're going to be available to God, we need to embrace the ordinary in our lives. Then number two, we need to drop the excuses. And then number three, if we're going to be available, we need to remember I am is greater than I am. We need to remember that I am is greater than I am. And so in verse 13... Moses asks God a really good question he says hey God if I go into Egypt what should I tell them your name is what's the business card look like and that's a great question because Egypt is a polytheistic society just like the world that we live in meaning there's all kinds of different gods all all with different names and the strength of that God is revealed in its name if you want to know how strong a God is in Egypt listen to the name that it has and so Moses says okay well what's your name? And God comes to him and he says, you tell them I am has sent you. You tell them that I am who I am has sent you. And when God says I am, he's using the Hebrew word Yahweh. And and the Hebrew word Yahweh, it means God above all gods. It means that God is a self-sustaining God. It means that there, that God has no beginning. He doesn't have an end. He's always been God. It means that God is the creator. It means that all things come from and flow and are sustained by God. And so God is saying, I am God, and there is no other. But God is also saying something else to Moses. When God says, I am, you tell him, I am who I am, has sent you. Literally, it's translated, I will be Moses, I will be is who I am. So that doesn't make any sense. What's that mean? Here's what that means. Moses is looking at every reason why God's got the wrong guy. Moses knows he doesn't bring anything to the table. And God says this, Moses, I will be everything you need to do everything I am telling you to do. I will open every door. I will turn every circumstance. Moses, you don't need to focus on you. You need to remember I am. And in that just the same way that you and I do? God calls us to something. Maybe he leads us to talk to somebody at school. work. God's leading us to do something. The first thing we do is what? Focus on our own strength. Can we do it or not? We say things like this. God, I'm not smart enough. Oh, man, I don't know if I've got the resources to pull that off. And we begin to focus on what we bring to the table. And what we need to remember is that I am is greater than I am. See, because you should write this down. The key to being available to God is humility. The key to being available to God is humility. Not humiliated. Don't mean to embarrass you or anybody else, but humility. You say, what's humility mean? Humility means that you know that God is the one that pulls it off, not you. That you want God to be made much of in your life, not you. Humility knows that it's not all about you. Humility knows that you're not as important as you think that you are. See, so the opposite of humility is pride. And here's what pride says. Here's what pride says. Pride says this. Hey, you know what? I am smart enough. I am good enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. Some of you will get that later. I can pull this off. This is all about me. And listen, there is nothing more that God hates than pride. There's nothing more that God hates than pride. Pride is the sin that got the devil kicked out of heaven. Pride is the sin that got Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. We are never closer to the devil than when we're filled with pride. So if you want to make yourself absolutely useless in the hands of God, what you should do is you should just give into to pride. Just absolutely give into it. Because listen, listen, some people, some people can't be available Because they're convinced of their own awesomeness. Have you ever known somebody that's convinced of their own awesomeness? Right? Like they believe everything their mom ever said to them. Nobody pulled them aside and said, hey, bro, it's your mom. They're supposed to say that stuff. Right? They're just convinced they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like after God created them, God's just been making second class stuff after that and so pride wants everything to be about me so pride says this pride says i want everybody to know that i'm the best mom i want everybody to know that i'm the best dad i want everybody to know that i'm an expert i don't need to learn anything else i can teach everybody because i've arrived pride says i want everybody to know how good of a manager i am Pride says, I want everybody to know how good of a singer I am. I want everybody to know how good of a preacher I am. And listen, if that's you, if that's you, then listen, you can have your reward right now. And 1 Corinthians 3 says that when we stand before God, everything we ever did will be burned up because it was about us and not him. So you can have your reward. You can have your fame. You can have your name up in lights. But at the end of it all, there is only one name that will be in lights. There is only one name that is above every name, and it is the name of Jesus Christ. It's not Mark Combs, it's not you, it's not any name in here. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. But if you want to try to put your name in that, if you want to try to put your name in that, go ahead. And now will be your rule. Now will be your rule. Because later on, you will have nothing. See, here's what everybody's thinking right now. When you talk about pride, it's a funny thing. Because if you ever noticed that right now everybody in the room is thinking about somebody else that's, that, that's really proud? Everybody's thinking about somebody else. Nobody's thinking about them, right? Right? Nobody in the room's thinking, you know what? I'm really proud. You're probably thinking about somebody else. Maybe you're thinking this. You know what? I'm pretty humble. And you know what that is? Pride. You're you're bragging, you're lifting up your own humility. That's just pride in disguise. I wonder if you can see that there's pride in your life this morning that, left unchecked, can cause us to not be available to God. See, every excuse we give to God for why He can't use us is really pride. Constantly looking at the station and the season of our life, where our life currently is, complaining about it, thinking there's greener grass over there, hating where we currently are, where God has us, is pride. Hey, you know what? I'll be honest here. I'll be honest. I deal with this one. I want you to like me a little too much. I try to impress you a little too much with these sermons. Is it just me? Am I the only one that struggles with this? I I don't think so. I don't think so. And see, here's, here's what happens. When we talk about being available to God, it's really a posture. It's really a posture that looks at God and just simply says, God, here I am. That's what Moses says. God, here I am. I don't bring a lot to the table. I feel like I'm, a real, I'm just a real screw-up and I don't know a lot. But God, here I am. I'm available wherever and whatever. Just use me. God, here I am. Is that the posture of your heart this morning? That when you think about God using your life, you look like this. God, here I am. Or maybe that's not your posture. Maybe you're more like this. My uh, my kids. I was talking about this the other day. My kids. When my kids. When I ask my kids to do something they don't want to do, my kids get real stiff. Do you, like, do you have kids? If you have kids, they do that. Like, I'll ask them to do something. They don't do it every time. But if I ask them to do something they don't want to do, they get real stiff. Hey, can you clean your room? No, I don't want to clean my room. Right? I don't want to stop watching television right now. Is that anybody in the room? This is where you're at. I don't want to stay. I want to go. But God is telling you to stay. I don't want to talk to that person. They'll laugh at me, but he's telling you to speak. I don't want to do it the right way, but he's telling you to do it the right way. I know everybody else is going a different way, but you're a child of God. You're supposed to be different. It's a posture of God. God, here I am. And so if we want to live lives that make a difference, if you want to be the change and watch God use your life to make a significant difference, we need to look like this. God, here I am. I want to be available. Let's pray. Let's pray. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, right now, we just want to ask that you would move in our, in our midst and speak into our lives. God, I don't know the posture of every life in here. I don't know what we're thinking about this week coming up. I just believe there's a lot of burning bushes maybe that we'll miss if we just complain about it, if we go about it with the same kind of mindset everybody else has. God, maybe we're, we're bringing excuses to the table for why you can't use us. Maybe there's a lot of pride in our hearts. God, whatever it is, God, would you just make us available to you while you're still praying with every single head bowed and every single eye closed. If you are here today and you say, you know what? I want to be available for God to use me. I want to be available to God so that no matter where I'm at, wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, God, here I am. I want to be available to God. If that's you today and you want to be available to God, you want that to be the posture of your life. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now if you say, I want to be available to God for, for God to use me whenever and wherever and however. Hands are going up all over the room. All over the room. Hands are going up. God bless you. Go ahead and put those hands down and you begin to talk to God about that in any way that you need to talk to God about how that would look in your life but I wonder if there's somebody here and God has spoken to you today about the fact that you need to embrace the ordinary you need to embrace the ordinary yes God might have greater things in the horizon but you are also in the midst of a greater thing now and I wonder if there's anybody here in the room today and God has spoken to you and he said you know what you're looking to the next thing, I want to use you right where you're at. Maybe he's shifted your perspective on school or your work or your kids or that relationship. If there's anybody in the room and God is dealing with you about the fact that you need to embrace the ordinary in your life, would you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand right now so we can pray for you. Hands are going up right over here. Any other hands? Anybody else? Hands are going up. God bless you. You can put those hands down. I wonder if somebody would be here enough be and honest enough to say you know what I've been giving God excuses for why he can't use me and today's the day I drop those excuses if that's you and you've been giving God excuses for why he can't use you raise your hand right now raise your hand right now today's the day no excuses anymore hands are going up all over all over all over you begin to talk to God and say God no more excuses here I am maybe God's revealed pride in your heart Maybe God's revealed some pride in your heart today. And God is saying, hey, you need to watch out for this pride. This could get in the way. You need to remember that I am greater than I am. Is that that you today? God's dealing with you about some pride in your life. He's speaking to you about it. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up. God bless you. Dear Father, we thank you for the day. We pray that you would deal with these people. God, who have raised hands, many more are making decisions. God, that you would move. And God, make us. Available while you're still praying, I believe that there's somebody here and God is speaking to you today about the fact that you need to give your life to Jesus for the very first time. I don't know why you're here or what got you here, but today is the day that God is speaking into your life and you know you need to give your life to Jesus today. You know you're not a Christian, and I want to tell you this that whatever you've done, Jesus loves you and He died for you so that you can be saved. Whatever you do, you're doing, He loved you and He died for you so that you can be saved. But right now, Jesus is alive. And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And if you're here today and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't want to walk through life on your own anymore, trying to do it in your own strength. Today is the day you drop the excuses of I'll do it later, I'll do it when I get cleaned up. Today is the day of salvation. I'm going to begin a relationship with Jesus right now if that's you and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and ask him to save you today I'm going to count to three and as soon as I say three I want you to shoot your hand high into the air one two three right now raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time hands are going up I see hands over here anybody else anybody else you want to begin a relationship with Jesus right now here's what I'm going to ask you to do if you just raised your hand or you didn't I invite you to pray this prayer with me It's not magic words, but this is a moment between you and God. Just pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make me new. Help me to live for you from this moment forward to the best of my ability. And listen, if you just raised your hand or you know that you need to begin a relationship with Jesus, or you just might need prayer this morning, Right now in the back of the auditorium, we've got people that want to pray with you. Here's what I want to invite you to do. Get up out of your seat, make your way to the end of your aisle, and go to the back. Just do it right now. Just do it right now. You've got some issues in your life you need prayed over, you need encouragement, you get up and go. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you raised your hand, you get up and go right now. Because listen, God always calls you to take that step publicly. And all they're going to do in the back, give you a Bible, pray with you, you'll be back in your seat within the five minutes before we let you go today. So you get up and go right now. Get up and go right now. God, I thank you for every person that's made a decision today. Thank you for how you're working in this room right now. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Summit, are you glad that you came today? I just believe that God has spoken into our lives today and called us to be an available people. Now, right now, would you do us a favor? and Would you just take your connection card, flip that over? And let us know how God's spoken to you this this morning. If you want to be baptized, we do Baptism Sunday every month, last Sunday of the month, check that box. If you made the decision to give your life to Jesus or any decision, you want to volunteer to be a part of Summit, any way we can pray for you and encourage you, you put it on the back of that card. And in just a moment, guest service volunteers will be all over this auditorium with baskets. Just drop it in there on your way out this morning. Listen, guys, we are so excited to have you here today. Don't forget, first-time guests, hit that table out there in the lobby to your right. We got a free gift for you. And Neil is going to be out there at a table. Visit our next step booth if you want to be part of the baby dedication, everything, next week with Mother's Day. And for for some of you, a lot of you, maybe you were aware of this, maybe you weren't, right after this service in our preschool room, we have what we call a VIP lunch. It's for everybody that's been new at Summit over the past month. We'd love for you to stick around for that. We have several people that have already made plans as a free lunch on us just for you to get to know us better. Let's all stand. Let's all stand this morning. Hey, you guys, bring somebody with you. Mother's Day is going to be a big day. You need to be a part of it. Love you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week. See you.